as humans, we're made to look out for one another and we're made to serve. This doesn't mean that we're also not made to rest when we get tired. In this episode, I talk about the importance of taking care of yourself and being intentional on how you refill your cup when it's empty. Grab a cup of your favorite drink and let's talk about it. Hola fam! It's election week here in America and I think everyone is feeling the stress of this year's presidential election and what the next four years will look like based on which candidate wins. Each and every one of us has been affected this year by the issues in our country, whether it be surviving forest fires and natural disasters, battling the COVID-19 pandemic and trying to stay healthy, women's reproductive rights are being discussed weekly, immigration issues at the border that are affecting our loved ones, learning how to intentionally be an ally for our LGBTQ community, or the evident racial divide and showing up to be there for our Black brothers and sisters. It's been a lot to navigate. Living through these issues haven't made this election week any easier, and our patience is wearing thin, as it's been reported that we may not know the winner until Friday. Have patience, friends. Advocate for every single vote to be counted so we can save what's left of our democracy. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. (laughs) I've noticed that I've had trouble focusing this week. I've mindlessly scrolled on social media, then I realized that it's only increased my anxiety, so I put my phone down, then I repeat this process several times a day. (laughs) What do you do when you're stressed and anxious? And then How do you show up for other people when you're tired? Today, I want to talk about self-care and how to make sure that we're doing enough to save ourselves before we try to save the world. So let's get into it. First off, what is self-care? Is this even a thing? Self-care is defined as the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. I'm all about taking action for others. So if you're action-oriented like me, then this definition may resonate with you. This can look like treating yourself to a pedicure after a long week or getting your nails done to have some me time. It can look like going to the gym after work or taking a really long hot bubble bath. It can look like escaping reality by curling up with a good book, which is my personal favorite, or playing video games. It can mean cooking your favorite meal, or it can mean taking a break from being the chef and ordering out. It can look like going to Target and letting Target do its thing so you walk out with a new candle, a blanket, an outfit, or it could look like saving money. The thing is, there's no one-size-fits-all for self-care. You can do what works best for you and your current situation. The important thing is to remember that self-care is doing something intentional to love on and be there for yourself because you're always running around and doing everything for everyone else. So back in college, I was introduced to the art of self-care by one of my professors. She stressed to us that when you're a social worker or in any helping profession, you are dedicating your life and your career to helping others to make the world a better place. And let's face it, you don't go into a helping profession to make the big bucks. You do it because you want to help people, but sometimes that comes at a price. 
This is a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders. Self-care extends to every person in every single profession. Stay-at-home moms, this applies to you too. From the moment you wake up, you are running around the clock to serve your tiny humans. You are making sure that every single one of their basic needs are met while running a household, loving on them, keeping a schedule, and doing schoolwork. By the end of the day, I'm sure that the last thing that you want to do is stay up later practicing self-care, but I'm here to say it's a must. I personally like to take pockets of self-care time. I don't typically have enough time in my week to dedicate an entire day to myself. And if I wait all week to take care of me, I run the risk of two things. One, something coming up that requires immediate attention, so I place it before my needs. Or number two, being so empty that I'm literally running on fumes, and so one self-care session isn't going to do it for me. If this is you, join the club. There's always going to be room for you at this table. So I figured out how to include self-care time in my daily tasks to help me not run on empty. I love Saturday mornings. I rarely sleep in, so I look forward to waking up early on Saturday mornings, enjoying a cup of coffee, and writing or reading before anybody else is awake. I don't negotiate my Saturday mornings. The mm, about two hours that I get when I first wake up are my date with myself and I reflect on what went well that week, what goals I accomplished, and then it also allows me to set goals for the upcoming week. Um, Don't get me wrong, I'm not always super productive on Saturday mornings. I also will scroll through Instagram guilt-free or I'll lay there and stare at the ceiling and do absolutely nothing and I love it. Either way, I choose to love myself during the morning meantime. I always think about my great grandma. Um, Whenever I was little, she would always wake up super early on Saturday mornings and she would clean the house and she would make tortillas. And then I would wake up and it seemed like she already had an entire day. And I used to always just think that it was because she was like a typical Mexican grandma and so she like had to have a spotless house and she had to make sure that food was cooked for everybody but the older I get the more that I realized that was probably her self-care time she still worked when she was in her 80s and she took care of me she ran our household and she was everything for everyone so I think that Saturday mornings were the times that she would wake up and she would do something intentional for herself. And I think she was so proud of our home and the life that she had established for herself and for her kids here in this country. And so I think that what made her the happiest was cooking for everybody and making sure that our entire family had tortillas for the whole week so we wouldn't have to go to the store and buy them. And I also think that She was so proud of her house that she wanted to clean it and make sure that it was spotless and get it ready for the upcoming week. And I really admire it. So now that I'm older and I enjoy my Saturday mornings too, it always reminds me of her because I know how much she enjoyed Saturdays. Throughout the week, I try to read, put my phone down, say no, go to bed early, and I try to be kind to myself. Here's the thing, these things don't cost anything, but the peace that I gain is priceless. 
So I want to know, what do you do for yourself? How are you intentional on spending time with yourself each week to fill your cup? If you can't think of anything off the top of your head, it's probably an indicator that you aren't doing enough for yourself to make sure that your cup is full. What happens when you run on empty for too long? Compassion fatigue sets in, and that's not good for anyone. Compassion fatigue is when you begin to feel indifferent or you start to lack empathy for those things that you typically love to do and for the people that you typically serve. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. This is just caused by doing this thing repetitively too often or too much without having a significant break in between. And let's face it, in 2020, nobody's been taking vacations. So if that's usually what you do to take a break from work or life or the everyday routine, you aren't getting it this year and neither is anybody else. So if you're experiencing this right now, please know that you are not alone. So how do you know? How do you know that you're experiencing compassion fatigue? Okay. Do you ever go through moods or phases where you're experiencing chronic physical or emotional exhaustion? Are you irritable? Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you experiencing sudden weight loss or even sudden weight gain? Are you having frequent or consistent headaches? And are you finding that you are having really poor job satisfaction in a job that you typically love and in a career field that you love? If so, then you may be experiencing compassion fatigue. No one is immune to experiencing compassion fatigue, okay? In fact, it is more common than you think. Now, when it goes untreated, it leads to burnout. And burnout is more lasting and it's more drastic. And a lot of the time, burnout is irreversible. Most often, people who are experiencing burnout end up changing jobs or career fields altogether. There's some good news, though. If you start to acknowledge and work through your compassion fatigue when you begin experiencing it, chances are you're going to learn how to monitor and overcome these feelings when they emerge. So here are some realistic things that you can do when you start feeling compassion fatigue. Talk to somebody that you trust. Who's your person? Is it your friend, your spouse, your coworker, your gym partner? Who's the person that you can go to whenever you're feeling empty? I don't want you to confuse it with this being the person that you go to and they like fix everything for you and they fill your cup. I want you to fill your own cup. So don't rely on somebody else to be that person for you. But who can you go to and who can you trust to say that you're not feeling like yourself at the moment or to kind of help you to notice whenever you're more irritable or whenever you're really not sleeping um, and whenever they notice a difference in you, just create some safe space to where you can go to that person, but to where they can also come to you whenever they're realizing it and just be open to the conversation. Another thing that you can do is develop a hobby. Be intentional about it. Figure out whatever it is that make you happy. And if you're at a point right now where you really don't know, try something new. Being creative helps with stress. So you can do something artistic, paint, join like a ceramics class or something like that. But um, 
boxing also helps with stress. So definitely give that a try or pick up a class if you want to try spin or something workout related that you have never tried before. Maybe now's the time to give it a try. Another thing that you can do is start attending a group. Surrounding yourself with positive people who are also looking for a new way to cope with stressors may be exactly what you need to help hold yourself accountable to intentionally love yourself more. Go to therapy. No, really. Therapy isn't designed for all the reasons that people stereotype it. Therapy is where we go to learn better coping strategies to navigate the factors that are out of our control in life. We can't control the amount of clients that we're going to see in a day or the number of meltdowns that we're going to witness, but we can control how we respond to them. Therapy helps us to do this in a healthy way. Journal. You would be surprised how much you are holding in. Take a pen and paper or your fingers to your laptop and just let it out. If you want to escape by writing, look up free journal prompts on Google. Set a 15-minute timer and just let your thoughts flow. One of my favorite things to do is type up episodes and I'll get on YouTube and I'll type in ambiance scenarios. And so um, whenever you look at those, whichever one you select, it'll set the scene for you. So you read it and it's like you walk into a coffee shop and it's raining outside and you smell coffee. And so you start to visualize yourself in that setting and it can be in a coffee shop. It can be at Hogwarts. It can be camping. It can be sitting by a cozy fire or it could be at the beach. And so what I'll do is I'll play those in the background and then I'll start typing um, episodes and I'll start journaling and it really just helps me just get it all out. Establish a better routine. Make sure that you go to bed around the same time every day. Fit in workouts if this is how you want to practice self-care or read for 30 minutes or just go for a drive and scream. Whatever it is, just make space for it in your day. And when you start being intentional about including self-care in your day, set an alarm for yourself. Even if it's 15, 20, 30 minutes, just set an alarm. So that way, whenever it goes off every day, you know that you need to stop whatever it is that you're doing and make yourself a priority for however long of time you set for yourself. The important thing that I want you to remember is that I don't want you to shame yourself for this. Self-care isn't selfish. Have you ever been on a plane? Probably not in 2020, but prior to that, probably. Before taking off, your flight attendant always comes over the speaker and reminds you that in case of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others. Listen, they're not telling you this to be selfish They're telling you this because it's important to make sure that you are taken care of before you try to take care of anyone else. You can't do the big save the world type of things until you learn to do the small, insignificant seeming things. Start with yourself and then you can go back to doing the big save the world type of things. Have you ever taken the love languages quiz? It's online for free. Millions of people have taken this quiz to find out their love language. Their results show them how they like to be loved. As a partner, you can learn about your own love language and your partner's so you can know how to better love each other. I highly suggest doing this, but I want you to take it a step further. Once you figure out how you like to be loved, start practicing your love language on yourself. 
Let me explain. My love language is quality time. So in a relationship, this means that we can sit on the couch and do absolutely nothing all day. I just want you to be present. When I practice my love language on myself, this means spending time alone and journaling, practicing a hobby, and not having to show up and be anything to anyone else just for a little while. Learning how to love myself better has helped me to love others better too. So I want you to do something for yourself this week and I want you to make a habit of it. You do so much for everyone else around you. Don't forget that you're someone too. People are scared and they're hurting and they're angry and all of these feelings are justified. It's been a rough year for all of us. Practice kindness and remember that what you know about someone is only about 5% of everything that they're going through. Don't take it personal. And remember, give yourself the kindness, grace, and the love that you give to everyone else. You deserve it too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Live. As a mental health advocate, I want to encourage you to do something for yourself today. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions that you may have. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard. If you are in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you're located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Thank you.